Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Have Another Cuppa with me, Daisy Williams. My guest this week is the awesome Rian Hutchings. She is the creative director of Opera Sonic, an opera company based in Newport that works with young people and I really loved sitting down and getting to chat to her about everything opera. I hope you all enjoy. originally from Newport. Yeah, I am. That's where I grew up, yeah. Yeah, whereabouts in Newport? Well, um, two, I, I, we moved around a bit, mm. like you do when you're younger and your parents keep moving houses. So but so we started off, I, I kind of grew up on the Langston side, mm. but then we moved over the other side of the river when I was a little bit older. So we kind of, yeah, everywhere really. I mean, it's not a very big town. So. No, no. I'm from, <laughs> no, I'm from Sorry, city. Well. City, city. Oh, it yes, is it a is city, let's be clear. How did you sort of get into theatre? Were you quite young or...? I, I did it in school, so I've always sung. Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved singing. I've always sung, sang in the choir all the way through. Um, and then my school had um, I Steadfod I, of mm. course, because we live in Wales. So I sang in all the singing competitions there. And one year I was um, in the singing competition. I decided, and I was very into Marilyn Monroe films at the time because oh, nice. I loved Hollywood films. Mm. So that was one of my big, big things when I was younger. I used to watch loads of Fred Astaire, all the musicals. I like just was hooked on them completely. So I did um, uh, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend at the age <laughs> of 15 in the Ice Deadford with my cardigan, school cardigan, uh, thrown round my shoulders like a, like a, a fur stole. Um, and I think my English teacher saw it and she, she went, ooh, that's interesting. So then, funnily enough, the year after we started doing musicals mm. in school, um, so I did, and that was my, my last two years of school, kind of sixth form. Um, I did Guys and Dolls nice. um, and Oklahoma we did um, and I played the comic leads because I, oh, liked, I liked like the Ado comic Annie leads. Or Ado Annie nice. yeah. yeah and Adelaide from Guys and Dolls and had a, yes. an absolute ball doing that it was really good um, so uh, so really that was but before that we'd done lots of Shakespeare mm. in school as well lots of Shakespeare plays so um, I, I'd been acting in school plays since I was probably since I hit high school yeah and I absolutely loved it that's okay. I do see you as the comic league because I remember we <laughs> went. I think we were in Sundrindod Wells. Is oh that yes, where we were. Very possibly. Probably on another conference where we randomly sort of uh, meet up. Yes. Oh, you're here. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and to get the audience to be quiet, you just mm. start, started singing. This oh opera yes, a little bit of opera always cuts through the hubbub. Yes. <laughs> so I thought that was brilliant. But I think that just sums up that moment. Sums you up a little bit. Um, yeah, I use, I use humour a lot in yeah. in in my facilitation, mm. um, in the in kind of my facilitation style mm. and, and in my directing style. I think mm. I think if you can get um, if you can if you can get a, a room, if you can kind of make a room a warm place for people to mm. work, then actually it, it loosens things up. Yeah. All kinds of things come come from that. It's, yeah. it's really good. I was just thinking, do you remember the first time we met? Oh, I, well, I remember you taking part in um, an opera sonic workshop. Yeah, so yeah, but, I was but very we loud. met before that though. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, do you remember it was actually in Birmingham? Oh yes, for on the edge festival. We went out partying. We did. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny because it was one of those. That it was I. Well, I just sort of. Well, I say I just graduated. It was a year since I graduated. It was the first kind of right. conference I'd gone yeah. to though, and I think I ended up with you. And there was somebody. And you were all like about 10, 10, 15 years younger than me. 
which was, and I suddenly realised when I was out with you all, I thought, oh dear. <laughs> we did end up being out until this ridiculous o'clock in the morning. That was a good night. It was a very good night, but it was just, sorry, but it's just so funny then running into you yeah. at Raw Fest. Yeah. And that's when I first took part in my mm. first opera sonic workshop. Yes. And I loved it. Yes, so, Opera in a Day, which we're just about, just about to do the third edition Is of Opera in a Day um, at the third Raw Fest wow. now coming up. So um, they've been the... Uh, Ruth, Ruth's great. She's been trailing them as the um, the secret hit of the festival, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. Yeah. So just to explain to our audience, um, I can't remember what you studied now in uni. I studied film and drama and English literature at university because my yeah. mother told me mm. That um, I should do a solid subject. Yes. Um, and of course, of obviously, course. English literature on, yes. being a solid subject, <laughs> so that I shouldn't, I shouldn't just go down this drama route. I mean, actually, before that, I did um, because I'd never done. My school didn't offer drama oh, at all, okay. so I'd only ever done it as a hobby. Mm. Um, but I went. I stayed out of uni an extra year and went up to Pontypool College and did um, did an A level drama in a year in Pontypool mm. College because I just wanted to study, and that was really good. There was a um, crazy jo- drama teacher up there, but he was fantastic, and he introduced me to all kinds of writers that mm. I had never come across before, like Beckett and Pirandello, um, and Carol Churchill, and like you know, just completely opened my eyes. And by the end of that year, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely, mm. I have to go and do drama somewhere. Amazing. So um, I went up to Reading, but I still had to keep the English literature bit in, in yeah, order to have yeah. a solid, a solid degree to fall back yeah. on which was very strange actually because doing the two courses side by side the film and drama course was actually more critical than oh, the really? English course yeah it was a really good course up there mm. and, and I hadn't I was I'm really really glad that I got to do film and drama mm. which I it was just that's that's what Reading offered and you know I liked the course the look of the drama course yeah. there but so I got to explore all kinds of film as mm. well which I hadn't initially expected to do but that was really interesting. Mm. It's just another visual art form where you're looking at kind of composition, dramaturgy. It was yes. Mm. You went on, and your first job was with WNO, or was that no, later no, no, on? no? That was or way later. How on. did we? No. How did we get? <laughs> how did we get to opera? How how did? That well, we got go? to. I came back to Wales after doing my degree, and I mm. didn't really know, like how. All I knew is I wanted to work in theatre, so I was like, but I didn't know how to do that, and yeah. it was. Just at the beginning of the days of the internet, I'm showing my age now. Let's just gloss that <laughs> over that. Um, so there wasn't really, I mean, I I had, I, I didn't really have a computer or anything. Mm. So I wrote a letter to all the theatre companies in Cardiff asking them if I could do some work experience. And one of them answered me, and this was Moving Being, um, who were just kind of at the, coming towards the end of their life. Mm. I don't know if you've ever come across Moving Being, yeah, but a, a, an amazing company mm. who were doing really startling work um, here in Wales in the kind of 80s, mm. early 90s. Um, so I, I did a show with them um, that was in Insole Court in Landaff, and it was all about um, Anna Freud, um, Sigmund Freud's oh, wow. daughter. Um, and I, me and another girl, I, I basically stage managed it, but mm. then also played a maid in it as well. And it was all site specific <laughs> nice. and it was really beautiful. Um, and yeah, so I did that. And then I won a day with a production company um, at a job fair. Okay. A film production uh, company. Okay. I just completely randomly, yeah. th- thanks to my film and drama degree. Yeah. Because we had, get, there was, yeah. There were S4C were giving out cards and you had to fill 
um, a card in, and and the question was which Welsh film has been nominated for a BAFTA, and it was Heathwin. Oh yeah, um, Heathwin, yeah. And, and you know, and I and I knew that. That we you know, all had to no, watch. Exactly, watch we all had to watch that. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, but I won a, I won a day with a production company, which and, and I ended up with um, a production company called Llyniau Llu, who were um, making Hellier or Mind to Kill with Philip oh, Maddock. Okay. So I went for one day, had an absolute ball, and they said, do you want to stay for the rest of the week? And I went, well, yes. <laughs> and then at the end of the week, they said, do you want to, do you want to come and be a runner on the next, the next mm. episode? And I went, well, yes. Um, so I stayed with them for about um, nine months running oh, wow. and then and then being a third assistant. Oh, um, and then that series finished and 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 then I got a job on Twin Town, the movie in Swansea. Uh, no way. <laughs> and I was the, the local runner on Twin Town, which was hilarious. Oh really? Six week shoot, absolutely hilarious. Oh my goodness. Um, but all the way through all of that I was still kinda of going, Oh, hang on a minute, wasn't it theatre I wanted yeah. to do? <laughs> Haven't I gone a bit astray here? And you know, I was kind of, I really enjoyed it and it was really good and actually made some of the best money I've ever made in my life. Yeah. Um, in that two years yes exactly (laughs) but I did I was like well okay I really want to ideally go back into theatre and I really Mm. wanted to direct actually even at that age that was really what I wanted to do but there was there were kind of two directing courses and I just really wasn't confident enough um, at that stage to to kind of push it and there was certainly nothing in Wales so I actually decided to go back to Royal Welsh College and do a postgraduate stage management course because I thought well if I go back there then I can learn everything about how to run everything myself yeah. I'm not a control freak at all no, 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 no of course of course of course but I thought well I'll be in rehearsal rooms and I'll be able yeah. to see what's going on and you know and either I'll think oh great I can do this or maybe I can then go back and pick up the film if it's not going to work yeah so I went and spent um a year at Welsh College it was just a like a postgrad yeah. thing um won the year prize at the end of it <gasps> Wow. Uh, work, and and worked on opera for the first time while I was there. I did Amazing. I did opera scenes and I and I stage managed the magic flute while I was there. Uh-huh. And um I've, I having always sung all the way through, mm-hmm. I just went, "Oh my gosh. Hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. Why haven't I found out about this before? This is excellent." So that was the first sort of experience mm. you had with opera was in I was college. 23, yeah, wow. in college. That's the first time I'd come across mm. opera Re- really. I mean, I'd seen Operas on TV and yeah. stuff like that, but and 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 certainly I've got a very very strong memory of a marriage of Figaro that was on like TV one mm. Christmas and being absolutely hooked on that and but this was the first time I was kind of like oh right hang on a minute mm. I could I could work in this yeah this is in, really interesting um, so yeah just kind of fell in love with opera at, at Royal Welsh College and then left and started stage managing for a while. Um, and that was that specifically opera or just with different theatre companies or No Fit State Circus did oh, two big yeah. shows with No Fit State Circus oh, which is really where all of my participatory art training has come from <laughs> because I, I did two massive warehouse shows with them oh brilliant they were the most crazy crazy shows I've mm. ever worked on but also the most brilliant um, and you know in some respects very similar in scale to kind of core, big big scale chorus mm. opera um, this big scale chorus circus really that's yeah. what it was yeah. but all these different community groups all fitting in and I mean that was I, I mean that really shaped how I wanted to work in opera but mm. I didn't really I had to go and do the go and work for the big companies first before yeah. I could come back to that in a way yeah. um, so do you sort of wish you'd um, 
not discovered opera sooner but maybe done a bit more younger or do you think it sort of came at the right time and it's difficult to know isn't it I mean it's you know the whole of life is a journey And you find the things that you find along the way and all you can do mm. is grab them with both hands when you find them and think, oh yes, this is the right yeah. thing. I'm going to go with this now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, there's, you know, there are lots of, lots of people who I would describe as mentors who I kind of discovered along the way mm. as well and who, who really shaped what I've done. So, you know, I, some of the first stage managing I did was for um, Music Theatre Wales, you yeah. know, and that was, again, that was such a treat to be in the rehearsal room with them, seeing how they work. Um, and kind of DSMing because they never had assistance so no. I was kind of DSMing but also kind of assisting yeah, running, although they never had assistance yeah running around like the mad woman doing yeah. a bit of everything yeah. yeah I'm very familiar with that yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you just have to do it though yeah yeah where were you when you sort of decide. So Opera Sonic has been going now for about five years. If four years, just four a, years. just over four years. Yeah. So where mm. were you? What were you doing when you decided? Right, I'm going to start my own company, and this is what it's going to be about. Well, I, I guess I was. I've always kind of wanted to start my own company. Mm. So when I came back to Newport after university, I did. I started something called Theatre Newport, which was. Nobody will know about because it was only only lived for the um for the uh, the briefest of moments. And we did one show. <laughs> what year was this? Again? Um, this oh god, I can't even remember. Before I went to college, so oh, in that really? in that year so, out when uh, I was working in film, because I had yeah. a little bit of dispo- little bit of time in and around right. that. I think it must have been then. Um, and we did a um a production of Zoo Story by okay. Edward Albee, which which I did in the Newport Centre upstairs, mm. and then in Chapter. That's not even there. Well, it is well, there Yeah, now, it was one it's... of the horrible um, yeah. function rooms up there in the Newport Centre. <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, there was no riverfront at no, that point. No, so, no, So there was nobody there in Newport who was mm. even really interested in, well, apart from the Dolman, obviously. Yeah. Um, where um where I spent a lot of my misspent youth um follow spotting the panto at Christmas. Yes, I did read that on your website. Yes. That was the first sort of yeah job there was being yeah. the follow spot Absolutely. panto. What panto, panto was it? Do you remember? Well, we I did it for about three years running oh, so different ones, and it was yeah. really good because you because the the follow spot was on the first bridge, mm. so you had to crawl through the roof space to get to the first bridge. So what you used to do is because you'd have to go down there on Christmas Day and yeah. on New Year's Day as well. So you'd take a whole supply of sweets with you <laughs> and then just basically sit in the roof space for hours eating sweets <laughs> and then doing the bouncy ball on the you know on the front of the it was hilarious but um yeah so there wasn't really in that point at that point anyone in Newport to kind of have a conversation with mm. about how do I make work in Newport yeah so I just thought I'd just get on with it and do it myself yeah it was a horrendous little show <laughs> I was an absolute I mean it was just a mess really looking back on it yeah but I did it. Yeah, that's the reason I did it. you managed and, to get. And we did did it profit share and broke even. And oh, we brilliant. I had a, enough money left over at the end, end to take everybody out for a slap-up Chinese meal. Nice. So... <laughs> no, I'm not moving. For your first production, with no funding, to even get your money back is I know. a massive thing. So that's... I know. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There must have been something good about it. Do you, for people, yeah. you know, yeah. spend the money... So, so so after that, I thought it was probably best to retreat from Newport for a long time and not be seen in case anybody remembered the show. Um, but, um, you know, it was a really interesting experience to run it and to kind of... I learned a lot of lessons on it yeah. um, big time. Um, and I think um, 
so so I guess from that point I always thought oh I could I could start a company mm. um, and that would be interesting I don't think I really knew at that point why I wanted to start a company no. or what it would be um, and obviously I learned a lot working through opera then you know when I when I finally decided to leave WNO to start Opera Sonic mm-hmm. I really knew exactly what I wanted to yeah. do um, because having got all of that experience under my belt of the opera world in mm. general but also of working you know in a big in a big company with opera education and um and and participation participatory mm. art you know I kind of absolutely knew that's what I wanted to do and I wanted to have a company that was really strongly focused around opera for young people yeah um because I you know there's great work going on across the UK but actually it's all it's all in education departments balanced by the big houses and I, mm. I kind of feel that there should be companies that just say no actually this is this is just what we do yeah we work with young people in opera and mm. so it felt like there was in a niche you know like kind of a bit of space available to do that yeah because I, I don't I don't know of any other companies who do work with opera I mean yeah. like you said there's lots of companies that go into schools and do yeah. workshops and that's more about theatre and drama yeah more generically but not opera so there's um, another group in um there's another co- um, company called mahogany opera group oh, in um, okay. in the uk who i'm very friendly with we chat a lot yeah. me and me and ali from, <laughs> from mog kind of like but yeah i mean it really it's the it's the two of us it's, mm. um and so that's been interesting mm. talking to since i formed opera sonic talking to them about what they're trying to do and yeah. you know how can we collaborate and mm. um, yeah. so what is your main what is your mission your aim with the company what is the like you said opera for young people but if you yeah. had to think of one thing what would that aim be i would like to make newport the uh, center for excellence for um opera for young people so that oh, actually wow. you know and, and and hopefully in the future then have the kind of uh, future composers and librettists mm. and and singers coming from newport wouldn't that be amazing that would be amazing it would I'm be like, amazing yes yeah let's do it let's yeah, stop the podcast right now yeah. just go <laughs> <laughs> and um is that again? Is that why you specifically chose Newport? Because well, I I was t- thinking long and hard about it before I left Dublin. because th- you know it was, I'm 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 a bit of a I don't really do things on impulse. I'm a bit of a planner, so mm. I've been thinking about this this idea of like leaving, and what would I do? Yeah. And thinking about the company and the idea of the company for quite a long time, and you know. It, thinking well okay where should it be based and mm. should it be london or should it be i don't know maybe should it be cardiff mm. or you know, kind of going around the houses and thinking none of it felt quite right yeah. really about the fit of it and i, I mean I, then i just was thinking well why don't i just go home yeah and do it where i grew up because there was nothing particularly there when mm. i grew up so i could make a a contribution it's not somewhere. I mean, I've done a very big project at WNO um, in Wrexham, mm. and again, the, the, the kind of joy of that was that nobody expected there to be opera in Wrexham. Yeah, yeah. And it was always like, what, what, what is this opera company doing in Wrexham, yeah. making all this work? We kind of, it, we kind of had a, a hashtag demand in Wrexham, you know. So <laughs> it was just like fantastic. Yeah. So um. I th- and and the reason we made work in Wrexham at WNO is because I've been driving around North Wales thinking, you know, we've got to do some work in North Wales. Mm. I, I really want to find some a place for us to work. And I um I had some meetings in Wrexham and and I thought, oh, I recognise this place. It reminds yeah. me of Newport. Oh. 
because it's got it's like the old market town yeah. but the kind of heart of it is ripped out a bit not so much the docks thing but mm. you, you know it's got various um issues around employment and mm. it feels like it's a kind of slightly poor cousin to chester and mm. you know and so yeah it's this that's yeah. in their relationship to cardiff and that yes yeah and yeah. i thought oh gosh i i i think i think we could work in wrexham because i think i kind of understand where it where it's coming from mm. so then i thought well why don't i just go back to newport because yeah. i've always we've always had to we always had to overlook newport in a way yeah um, although Dublin is doing that less now, which is great, mm. they're bringing more content to Newport, and I think that's to do with the riverfront being there as well and being such mm. a great partner. But um, you know, it was always disappointed me that we couldn't take more to Newport because it's is so close to Cardiff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there were so many other uh, agendas going yeah. on um, across Wales and across the UK for WNO. So this is lovely because I don't have to, I don't have to justify to anybody why I'm mm. making work in Newport. We're just going to make work in Newport. Yeah. So, and Fine. you're now based in the Riverfront, that's sort of your home for the next couple of yeah, months? Yeah, we'll or... see. I mean, I'm hoping, I'm kind of working there, hot desking there, they're, they're allowing oh, okay. me to hot desk there at the moment, mm. and, but we're, we're trying to build a more um, official, formal relationship with the Riverfront, and obviously they've got a new director who mm. just came in in July, and he's really on side with that, really on board, so that's it's just nice to have such mm. willing partners. Um and so, yeah, I, I hope that we'll grow together more naturally um, as the years go on. And I know he's got lots of ambition to try and uh, structure the way things mm. are in Newport a little bit more because the art scene in Newport is bizarre in that respect mm. in that there are two big companies who have ongoing funding. One of them is Ballet Cymru, who's obviously away touring quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other is the riverfront and obviously they're you know they've got a lot of they've got a building to run yeah um but then that's it so there's not much else it's a lot of income there's a lot then then everybody else is project funded so there's which is shifting sands you can Mm. never quite know what's going to happen there's brilliant stuff happening there at the Mm. moment i mean it feels like because obviously they had the mainly had money for the um ideas people's places Mm. fund so that's been really interesting because that's kind of um, made made things grow in another part of the city. Um, but there's also lots there's lots of people kind of going, oh yeah, actually this is a really interesting place to make work, and we're starting to see some of some of the Cardiff companies like um, Dirty Protest and We Made This, you know, mm. stepping into Newport and um, going, oh yeah, we could we could do we could something do here, something. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I always find that really, as somebody who comes from Newport how close it is to Cardiff yet how hard hard it always it hard how hard it always felt to get into Cardiff or get yes. Cardiff into I don't know there was yeah. it did, did have that feeling of you're very separate yes um and it's divide. interesting you said about mm. Wrexham being the cousin like the poorer cousin to Chester yeah it is actually that is a good way to describe Newport and Cardiff I think yeah that sort of they're both cities like we said at the beginning yeah um but yeah, it's very difficult. But... but it feels like Newport's on the up. Yeah, oh, no, it, it really does. Yeah, every time I go back, I'm like, oh, this really, this is here. I mean, and... even just the fact that Manchester City were there I on know. the weekend. I mean, I that blew everybody's <laughs> My dad yesterday was like, yeah, Manchester. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, they're there playing a the game. I was like, goodness, oh. really? What oh, yeah. I missed? Rodney, What's going on? Rodney Parade is like, <laughs> oh. but um, yeah, I mean, it it, it does feel like. 
there's something going on there yeah. and there's lots of potential to make it really mm. and obviously the bridge tolls are gone now yes um it, it, there's lots of flats big effect i think on... it will because i think we'll become a bit more of a commuter town yeah. you know which obviously has its has its Plus downside as well thing, yeah. but you know more money coming into the city people spending money in the city and mm. it's just got to help really isn't it i think mm. um and it, the town center just needs sorting out a little yes. bit but you know Okay, yeah, so when you then work with schools, because a lot of your projects are based in schools at the moment, um, how how does that come about? Do you approach them? Do they approach you? Um, it, it varies really, mm. depending on where the funding is coming from. Yeah. Um, mainly I approach them. Mm-hmm. Um, although we are doing an LCS project at the moment, oh, cool. um, which we were headhunted for mm. because the school decided they wanted opera. Okay. And so somebody had said to them, oh, I'll tell you who you need to speak to, <laughs> which was great. Yeah, it's lovely um, when people do that. They're like, yeah. oh, here you go. And obviously those projects are interesting because they're very, diff- you know, very different practice mm. to what I would normally do in, in terms of there's a much deeper collaboration with the staff. Mm. Um, but I've got a creative collaborations project running at the moment as well. So that was that we put the funding in. Yeah. Um, and but it was a cluster of schools um, with a Newport school in it who I've been working with for a couple of years mm. now. And they said, oh, would, would we be interested in doing something around Welsh language? Mm. Um, so the two schools, the two other schools, I didn't know before, but yeah. it's, it's nice to be getting to know them. But generally, I mean, I... I approach the the particular schools. I'm trying to get around as many Newport schools as yeah. possible, um, and trying to build relationships. Mm. You know, relationship building is a long term thing, takes a long time, um, and I would love to think that we can touch every school in Newport yeah. over the next couple of years. But you know, it's gonna it's gonna be depending on whether the funding bids that we have come through. Mm. Yeah, it's always the tricky tricky thing. Yes, (laughs) finding the money. Yeah, (laughs) and so I was looking at your website earlier, and there's lots of projects you've done, like Newport Legends. Mm. The last couple of projects you've done, which one have you found the most interesting, or that you maybe learned something that you didn't hadn't learned before? You know, sort of a challenge that maybe came up that you hadn't considered when doing this sort of work before. I think every project is a challenge and yeah. every project is a journey isn't <laughs> mm. it and a learning journey um i mean this i think for for opera sonic as a project funded mm. company we have a strategy of what we want to do mm. um and then there are lots of things that come up along the way where you kind of go all oh, right um oh there's an opportunity there so it's it's try, trying to constantly trying to balance the um the kind of strategic journey that we want to have and then the other things that come up which are like the LCS project where you think oh great actually we'll take that or you know should we be taking that is Mm. that going to stop us doing the things we want to so Newport Legends was kind of our keynote project Mm. and it was very much that idea of well um, let's set out our stall and do something um, that that's on quite a big scale and that can pull together a number of schools where we can kind of have kind of excellent opera at the center of it but Mm. then also this the participation around it Again, building in, on all those amazing warehouse projects that I worked on with No Fit State mm. Circus and all the amazing big um, kind of crazy pieces we did at WNO, that idea of having 
um, lots of participation, but also having like a, a kind of core of excellence mm. um, and those operatic voices kind of being the, the, the expression of that core of excellence mm. in a way. But yeah, I mean, cha- I think challenges are always about, for me, are always about relationships mm. and building those relationships well mm. and in the right way. So when we first started working in Newport and we, we were launching Newport Legends, um, there's a, a group in Newport called Urban Circle um, who do a lot of grassroots work oh, with yeah. um, young people from all kinds of different communities, mm. um, especially from the BM, um, BAME communities as mm. well. Um, and there was a, a kind of expectation that we would work with them immediately. And I, I had a few conversations with, with them um, and somebody who I was working with at the time kind of tried to manoeuvre a project and was saying, oh, yeah, you should just do this, you should just mm. do this. And it was completely the wrong time to work with them because yeah. they didn't know who we were. Um, there was no trust there. Mm. Um, it was, you know, and actually we still haven't worked with them, but mm. I now know them a lot better. And, you know, yeah. it, I think they'll the opportunity will come along mm. for us to work with them. But, it, you know, I kind of found myself suddenly in this in this meeting where I was having to say, no, 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 mm. look, it's fine. None of this has to happen. Yeah. None of this has to happen. And in fact, it shouldn't happen because it's not no. the right time. Yeah. But it's great to meet you. Mm. And let's keep talking. Yeah. So actually how you build those relationships, I think, is really, really important. And I'm always questioning, you know, are we doing the right thing? Mm. Are we in the right place? Um, how do we how do we how do we open doors for people to do things? Mm. The school's work in some ways is is easier mm. because there's a a received way of doing things you know when you, you approach somebody with a project you approach a school with a project and they expect That's to it. have a yeah. relationship yeah you work with a class or actually what we did a lot in Newport Legends was we did we ran after school sessions oh, cool. because I really wanted to a have access to the parents mm. but also be almost use it as a stepping stone mm. to say you've worked with us but it's not, it's in school, but it's not in school time. Yeah, yeah. And actually there's an opportunity to do some other things with us out mm. of school. So now you know us, come and do some yeah. other things with us out of school. Mm. And that's, you know, it works to a certain um, degree. We've had a few people who've crossed over into into out of school projects. Mm. Um, but then you need to find the funding and build build the kind yeah. of programme around mm. it. So that's the, that's the challenge. That's always the challenge then is trying to build that those progression routes, I mm. guess. At this stage, it's not the right model to just no. start a youth opera. Mm. It might be in two years' time, yeah. but it's it's thinking about the long term development mm. rather than just thinking right, right. What do we do now? Mm. Let's do it all now because we can't do it all now. No, I was just thinking back to when I came and did the opera sonic workshop with you in Rawfest. Mm. I think it was twenty fifteen. Oh, yeah, no, or oh, making updates now. No, twenty twenty sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Seventy. Oh, who knows? Um. And that was in Newport in the Riverfront. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was it was hard work. The workshop was only an hour, but it was really hard work because you've really got to think. If you've not thought in an opera brain before, <laughs> if, if I don't know if that's an opera brain, it is quite difficult to get your head around that concept of people talking about their feelings through song all yeah. the time. Um, but the one thing that was brilliant was you don't work alone. You've got usually a pianist composer yeah. there, yeah, and opera singers, yeah, which 
was amazing. So yeah. you, um, in this particular one, you had one male, one female opera singer. Yeah. And um, I can't remember who the pianist and composer was. The lovely Erilyn Wallen. Was it Erilyn yeah. Wallen? There we are. Lovely. And she was, she was awesome. brilliant. She was so <laughs> funny. Um, but that was brilliant as well, because obviously none of us as participants were opera singers. We mm. could sing and contribute, but it was amazing. And I, that comes to that sort of quality of excellence you were talking about earlier. Yeah having that operatic voice and seeing what you can create with other people. Yeah. Um, and actually, I told you this earlier, but I was on your website, and uh, if you go to Opera Sonic's website, on the opening screen, it's got one of the operas, or a couple of the operas you've worked on, yeah. little sound clips of it all, and yeah. you've got the kids in the school singing with opera singers yeah. jumping in and out, yeah. and you just see how it all kind of comes into one opera experience absolutely I suppose but yeah. I, just, I was saying that's what I enjoyed so much about the workshop and why I was like oh my goodness I have to talk to Rian because <laughs> it is because it's just so amazing just to see that you could make an opera in a day of course which is can. what we did yeah of course you can and I mean I mean that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing yeah I think there is this you know that's what I really want to dispel is that mm. there's this you go and see these amazing, massive pieces of work from mm. the 19th century or the early 20th century or the 18th century. You know, you go and see Mozart pieces or Verdi pieces and they they feel like... Or Wagner, who's like <laughs> five hours long. You know, they feel like these massive pieces of work. Yeah. And of course, they, they, they took the lifetime of some of the, yeah. those composers to write, you know. They are incredibly um, rarefied, mm. uh, very detailed... Um, you know, skilled pieces of work. And yes, you, you can write opera mm. like that and people do like write opera like that. And a lot of the time, um, opera composers are trying to emulate those 20th century composers, those um, 19th century composers, you know, and bringing big chorus operas and ballets in the middle mm. and all, you know. But actually, you can also write it in a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there are a couple of singers who've been well-trained and obviously they need that training behind yeah. them so that they can sing in that way. Mm. But actually, they can sing anything you give them. And, yeah, I think we're amazing. I mean, we're all ridiculously creative beings on this mm. planet, aren't we? We've all got 77 ideas. So um, you just put the 77 mm. ideas on the table and pick the best ones and then go for it. No, I know. I, w- I wouldn't shut up in that blinking workshop. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's what was, you want. It was so exciting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need to actually let somebody else talk. I mean, I, um. love, that. I love that. My favourite thing is being in a school with a group um, of, you know, generally year fours or year mm. fives. And you you start to open the floodgates of creativity with them, mm. um, and they just need a little bit of permission. That's yeah. all they need. You ask for one, you know. Say, can anybody anybody think about what this character might say? And they're all quiet for a little bit, and then somebody will come up with something, <laughs> and then suddenly that the floodgates are open. Yeah, and yeah. then. 29 other kids come up with something as well but then you have to think critically with them and say well what's the best thing to do yeah but you can do that with composing as well so I've got I work with amazing composers who will then say well that's a great line for that character can anybody hear a tune for Mm. it and again first and foremost everybody will be worried and they'll be Mm. sitting back and they'll be thinking oh gosh I can't and then some brave soul (laughs) will sing it yeah and then that's it. Everybody's, sing- everybody's singing it. Mm. Everybody's singing it. And you're going, great. Ooh, let's take that. That's great. We'll mm. use that. Um, and I mean, you know, I, we, I compose, or when I'm working with my colleagues, as you say, I always work with mm. a, a composer usually. Um, but I can compose, we can compose very fast. Yeah. 
um, with a group of um, 30, 30 year fives, no mm. problem, because they, they, they're not short of ideas. And actually, you start to work with them as a group and mm. get a dynamic going. Um, and it's great. Mm. It's fantastic. That's what we should do next time. What should we should do an opera in a podcast? <gasps> How cool would next that be? Next time. Podcast. Oh, I'm sure somebody at the ROH has already done it. Oh, really? The Royal Opera House, yeah. Oh. They, they've got one of those gimmicky um, marketing departments who do. Oh, they they definitely did a Twitter opera at one stage oh, where they, they got everybody to tweet in something and, oh, then they, and then they had some poor composer sitting around setting it. Oh, bless. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well, never mind. Well, it's not that original then. Uh, no, no, but we could still do it, Daisy. We could, we could. yeah. We, we'll do it. We'll do it at some point. Mm. Season, season two. Yeah. Um, so, what. Speaking, like you're saying, speaking of these sort of older operas, mm. what is your favourite opera? I mean, it doesn't have to be. Oh, I've got, I've got loads. Opera. It could be yeah, a, I've a got loads one. of loads of operas that I love. Mm. I'm like, I was thinking, if, if you're probably thinking about the repertoire, the repertoire, yeah, um, then Peter Grimes mm. is like got to be one of my top three um, because it, it it does what what opera does so brilliantly mm. what grand opera does so brilliantly is that it puts a community on stage and that's why opera is such a brilliant art form for for working with communities mm. because you can put a whole community on stage and in peter grimes you've got um basically a town um, and you've got all the different characters in the town mm. but you've also got the chorus and it's a seafaring town you know it's, it's basically Oldborough. um so the you've got all these amazing sea interludes that he puts <laughs> into it i think what benjamin britten does really brilliantly is he he uses both texts Okay. So for me, opera works really well when you've got the you've got the libretto, mm. the text of the piece, the kind of play version mm. of it, which is telling you one thing, but then the music does something else. Mm. So un- unlike musical, where um, it's song, where it's song yeah, based, yeah. and the mu- and the music accompanies the song. When opera works really well, the music does something very different mm. and can tell you. Because we're sophisticated when it comes to music as human beings, it tells you many things that maybe aren't being said on mm. stage. And what Benjamin Britten does in this piece is he he uses the sea alongside the community. Mm. So you can see the different political things that are happening in the community. And there's this one character, Peter Grimes, who they're all taking mm. against. And there are these four sea interludes in it, oh, wow. which, you know, at points, this, uh, you know, there's a moment where this storm happens and it's just kind of at the peak of the opera mm. where it's all going to go wrong. And there's this massive storm interlude and it's just, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant expression. He was a very, very clever man. Mm. It's a brilliant expression of what opera can do fantastically. So um, that's definitely one of my favourites. Yeah. But then one of my other favourites would be... Um, the Sleeper, which was a youth opera that we that oh, I commissioned at, at Welsh National Opera, mm. and um, we did it in the basement and the main room in the Coal Exchange before oh. it was converted into a beautiful hotel. Oh yes, um, <laughs> and it was a sci-fi opera because I love sci-fi. Oh, I'm complete sci-fi <laughs> geek, and um, yeah, it was set in the future where nobody slept, so Sleeper died out. Except there was a group of teenagers where. It was rumoured that one person was sleeping. It wouldn't be the teenagers, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this sleep cult had gr- had grown up around her, and they were, they were, they were being um, kind of hounded by this kind of strange character, Somnus, who mm. wanted to kind of um, wanted to bring them into his his inner sanctum, mm. and he actually wanted to. It turned out that his mother had been the last sleeper, and he wanted to um, recreate the moment where she was sleeping. 
Um, but the coal, when you went into the main area of the coal exchange, it was it, all, it had all these kind of sleep relics in oh, there. It was amazing. Wow. So yeah, it was just one of one, yeah. one of the things I've done where I, you know, I've done a lot of things that I'm really proud of, mm. but that one I sat through it and thought, oh, this is brilliant. Oh, I love this piece. You know, I paid good money to come I and pay, see this I piece. This, yeah. this is one of the best <laughs> things I've seen in ages. And it was just yeah, it was really lovely mm. and. And also Youth Opera is amazing mm. because they they always perform kind of 158%, you know. Yeah. So it was just really great to be in the room with those young people who were mm. performing out of their skin, really. Um, yeah, stunning. Before we finish, I'm going to ask you to finish three sentences. Yeah. So the first sentence is, the highlight of my job is... Working with young people. Oh, nice. The next one is, in five years' time... Opera Sonic will be the centre of opera for young people and we will be known throughout the globe. Excellent. Maybe. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, in New- well, the centre of Newport. But the globe is a lot better. Global than domination. Global don't... domination, yeah. Let's, let's, let's aim for the stars. Exactly. <laughs> and the final one is, I'm happiest when... Oh, that's a hard thing. There's yeah. lots of things that make me very happy at the moment, which is great. But I guess I'm happiest when I've got my arm around my daughter. Nice. She's amazing. Yeah. It's a privilege to watch her grow up. Mm. Massive, massive thank you for Rianne for being such a fantastic guest. It was wonderful sitting down and having a chat with her. Please do check out Opersonic's work on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on their website, just Google at Operasonic. A massive thank you as well to Joshua David Bartholomew for writing our intro music, and a huge thank you to you all for listening. If you have enjoyed the episode so far, we're over halfway into our first series, so I'd love to hear your feedback, your comments, so please leave a review below or give us a message on any of our social media platforms. But for now, I hope you've all had a lovely cuppa and I'll chat to you all next week. Bye.